Welcome to No One's Guilty Pleasure, a podcast where no one feels guilty about what gives them pleasure. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Thanksgiving! Thanksgiving is the superior autumn holiday because there's endless food and no costumes to put together. I will not be taking further questions at this time. So traditionally, there aren't many Thanksgiving-centered movies, but plenty of TV shows. And I know everybody loves Friends, Thanksgiving, and that's the thing. But because literally they're the most known for their Thanksgiving episodes, I'm not including them in this selection. Also, because I still have a full-time job, because y'all aren't sharing my gift with your friends, family, third cousin who's an SVP at Spotify, I could only watch a certain number of shows included in this let's call it a literature review. So I watched episodes from New Girl, The O.C., Gossip Girl, Friday Night Lights, Scream Queens, Brothers and Sisters, and Gilmore Girls. And from there, I'm going to share what I think are the best, the five best Thanksgiving TV episodes and the five worst. Since we're not going to wait upon ceremony, I'm just going to start with the worst first. So in fifth place, we have Brothers and Sisters. This is season three, episode 10, called Just a Sliver. Now, Brothers and Sisters is a show that aired on ABC from 2006 to 2011, and it was literally the predecessor to This Is Us. This Is Us is another show that has very signature Thanksgiving episodes, but we are not evaluating those because no one should spend their holiday unpacking Pearson family trauma. Instead, the Walker family, which is the Brothers and Sisters family, They're slightly lighter on trauma and heavier on wine, so it's a bit more palatable. And even though it's one of my favorite shows, their only Thanksgiving episode in the series is focused on one of the siblings' kids that needs a liver transplant. Why does this matter? Because one of the uncles, aka one of the other siblings, actually donated their sperm to create said child because the father was infertile. 2008, it was a time this was... uh, I wouldn't say lighthearted, but it was just uh, a storyline. It was just a soapy storyline. Um, the pros to this episode is Sally Field is a national treasure. She plays their mother. She plays the matriarch. So she's the grandmother of the child needing the transplant. And so it seems appropriate to revere her during this holiday. An additional pro is witnessing this want, this family sneak wine into the hospital for their modified Thanksgiving meal. Um, Other than that, it's really not giving Thanksgiving per se, Um, very minimal on its celebration, but it's great soapy drama. And overall, I do recommend that you binge watch this show, if only for the styles, the technology that now seems like it's archaic, and the wine dependency. In fourth place, we have Friday Night Lights. This is season four, episode 13, ironically titled Thanksgiving. And I say ironically because it's essentially a single passing scene in the whole episode, or I guess two small scenes. So watching this, it's one of their season finales. So it's a classic high stakes Friday Night Lights at its best, but it only really works if you've watched the show several times because it's a wrap up of the whole season's drama. Having only watched the show once through, it literally like I had to rejog my memory repeatedly because this is like... The season where the town splits into like East and West Dillon and we get like all this new generation of cast members. So you get like Journey Smollett and of course the love of our lives, Michael B. Jordan. So that's a pro. In retrospect, there was like this weird friendship between Riggins and that girl Becca because it's like he's clearly over 18 and she's not and they didn't know each other as kids. 
I feel like that would not happen today. So that's a little, you know, a gentle ick in the air. So there's a lot to take in and literally only two Thanksgiving related scenes. And one was like coach and Tammy arguing about who's invited and who's bringing what to their dinner to like, just suppress their actual stress about their jobs. And then the other scene is the dinner itself. And it's like very inconsequential aside from Julie rightfully being assigned to the kids table. The episode ends with a football game, which is, you know, important to both the show and the holiday. So again, a pro, but really wouldn't be like high on my recommendations. On the other hand, I was like, I should really watch the show again because it is quite good. In third place for worst episode is Gossip Girl season six, episode eight called It's Really Complicated. This one is actually just a massive disappointment because overall Gossip Girl is probably the most consistent show outside of Friends for solid Thanksgiving episodes. And most of us agree that we don't acknowledge this final season because it was very go girl, give us nothing altogether. And that includes this episode. And I think the weirdest element is probably that the main set of characters, so like Dan, Blair, Chuck, etc., they're like literally just 22 years old, but it feels like they're 40 years old because of both like their wardrobe and their insistence on acting like they've got all these like adult responsibilities and problems. And I know that's like the vibe of Gossip Girl is like the teens are like elevated young adults, but it was just very, very tiring for what 22 should be like. And I'm also part of the small but mighty contingency that Endgame should have been Nate with Serena and Dan with Blair, which I know literally half of you are just like turning this off now because you hate me, but that was the right answer. And I stand by the fact that the writers literally just gave into everybody's toxic nonsense by getting previews of the final three fully toxic couples that were Serena with Dan, Blair with Chuck, and Nate with any random younger woman. And then the episode also just centers on this weird storyline that I couldn't even fully remember because, again, I've never revisited this season, where, like, they bring back Georgina to blackmail Dan, snooze. He's not fully revealed to be Gossip Girl yet. Woof, that was not it. He's pretending he wants to be with Serena, but he doesn't, but he does, which I'm, like, fully over. Blair is still begging Chuck to be her boyfriend. Pathetic. Chuck says he can't be with her till he beats his daddy at their mindfuck games. No, thank you. And then it's just like a whole big bag of nothing with like zero payoff. So do better, Gossip Girl. The first runner up to this mess fest is Gilmore Girls, season six, episode eight, whose title is He's Slippin' Em Bread, comma, dig, question mark. First of all, what the fuck is that title? I know like a lot of TV shows, a lot of Gilmore Girls um, episode titles are references and like maybe that one is just too esoteric for me, but it also just like sounds so fucking dumb. And I always, always, always forget that this show has seven seasons and it's not because the showrunners left for that final season, but mostly because they fucked up this season so badly. Seasons one through three, perfect. No notes, except once we grow up, we realize that we'll always hate Rory from episode one. Season four, Rory's garbage, but we get the Lorelai buildup. Season five, Rory stays garbage, but we get Luke and Lorelai together, plus that super cute 100th episode. And it's like Emily and Richard having an anniversary or a vow renewal or something. Everyone's wearing silver and Rory's dressed in a suit. It's very adorable. Season six, toilet bowl. 
it was like Rory left college. Life was too hard for her at Yale and being pretty and having money. And then by this episode, she had already, you know, tied her life miraculously back together, getting some part-time job and reinstated at school. And she and Lorelai love each other again. And she's still just so cringe. And there's no semblance of her participating in life as an actual adult. And that's absolutely Lorelai's fault, but I blocked that out as a Lorelai stan. Anyway, this episode, nearly zero Thanksgiving in the story, except that there's like lots of autumnal decorations. There's like, you know, paper turkeys here and there. Um, There's like a little scene or two that's like supposed to be comic relief where like Luke's sister is trying to prepare Thanksgiving, but she can't cook. And then at the very end, a bunch of people are sitting down for a Thanksgiving dinner at the Dragonfly Inn. But other than that, like it's not super Thanksgiving. And that could be forgiven if it was a good Gilmore Girls episode, but it wasn't at all. Lorelai basically just paraded Rory around the town being like, we're friends again. She's no longer banished and like making everybody seem excited that Rory's just Rory again. Wow. Christopher shows up. I mean, Christopher's hot. Like we always are like pro hot Christopher, but like when Christopher is speaking, then we're like less pro Christopher. And in this one, we're very anti-Christopher because he just shows up to say that he's elated that his grandfather's dead because now he's I was trying to do math and math is hard for me, but he's definitely in like the high millionaire to almost billionaire level at this point, which is hard to celebrate in today's climate. Um, And then like Lane's boyfriend, Zach, which is actually the dirtiest those showrunners ever did Lane, because it's like you have one person of color and like what you do to them is give them a garbage ass. You know, like I get telling the story of like being in this conservative culture, all this stuff and like you know, people don't write today like they do today, but to give her like the grossest guy for her boyfriend and him be a garbage can. And then she got like married and like had sex once and had twins. Like they punished that poor girl while like just rewarding Rory for being a schmuck over and over and over again. So the other storyline was like her boyfriend sabotaging like their opportunity for a showcase just because he was mad that his bandmate wrote a song with her name in it because he was writing songs with any other woman's name in it except hers literally dumb and it's already tough enough to encourage everyone to like celebrate thanksgiving because it's you know the holiday originates in stolen land and genocide so watching an episode that was just full white privilege and there's no actual comedy or scenery to assuage this guilt did not come as a solution and then luke also like hid the whole april thing which was another dumpster fire that was introduced into this toilet bowl season And somehow that was only second place. The worst Thanksgiving episode is New Girl season three, episode 10 called Thanksgiving three. And maybe it's a personal thing. We'll get to that. Like maybe as I'm describing it, that Gilmore Girls one might actually have been the worst, but the worst in my soul, because it's like triggering for some reason was this one. And as a disclaimer, out of the five New Girl Thanksgiving episodes, Three of them are actually pretty good. This is not one of them. And I remembered immediately how much I hated this episode the minute it started, because it's like, sometimes you just watch something that you're like, that's so bad. Like, I feel like this episode was the beginning of the end for me with New Girl. So I stopped watching New Girl, like two episodes into season four. I don't, it like, it just, I couldn't be saved from it. Um, Season one, excellent. Season two builds really well. 
And usually the third season of a show is my favorite because you've settled into like that main set of characters and they're like building out the spicy new additions. But sometimes with a sitcom too, you don't get that as much because it's a much smaller world. You can't like build the world out too far because you need to be able to let those episodes sit alone. So you can't have like too much random stuff. This is the season where we have like Nick and Jess as a couple for the first time, which yes, we needed by then. But as individuals, they were already grating because she was very overbearing and like always meddling. And that was like way too much for me. And then he was giving like Mr. Potato Head curmudgeon and together they just enabled that further. They're like, we love each other just as we are. And it like exacerbated that. Awful. So this whole episode just rides on Nick proving to his guy friends that he's quote a man because they're like on his ass about meshing too much with his girlfriend. And then Jess is trying to prove that she's a cool girl that can go with her, you know, boyfriend's spontaneous wants and needs. So it was a double wolf. And the final nail in the coffin is this episode is centered around them camping and looking for resources in the wilderness. Let it be known that this is not a knock on camping or the outdoors. And contrary to the persona you've all created of me in which I am, you know, a Sharpay Evans glamour girl of glitter which I am. I was also a Girl Scout for 13 years and I used to camp a lot with my parents and we are, I'm pro outdoors, but I just get all of that energy out with them and not with y'all. The knock is on the fact that like the roughing it storyline is not very entertaining outside of Troop Beverly Hills and Yellow Jackets. And Yellow Jackets is only entertaining because when they were foraging in the wilderness, they were afraid of being hunted by animals and eventually they resort to eating each other. And there's no cannibalism in this episode. So it was just not that entertaining to me. Therefore, worst episode. An honorable mention in lame Thanksgiving episodes also goes to the other, not my favorite new girl se- episode, which is season two called Parents. And this should have been like a grand slam, you know, hole in one episode. Wow, sports references are so hard because the show had both Jamie Lee Curtis and Robert Reiner as Jess's parents who are remarkable. But this episode was also like the beginning of that recurrent theme of like Jess being a petulant child hidden in an adult's body because she was literally trying to get her parents back together um, after they've been divorced for almost two decades and she's well into her 30s or like just into her 30s. So that was like a little bit exhausting. Okay, now that you've sat through my bitching, on to the good episodes. These are my top favorite. Wow, why can't I say this in order? Top five favorite Thanksgiving episodes. Again, disclaimer, from the ones that I watched in this selection. So rounding out the fifth spot, I actually, because I can make my own rules because this is my show. um, It's kind of like a choose your own adventure situation. So as I mentioned earlier, Gossip Girl consistently has excellent Thanksgiving episodes, and it's a tradition they cemented from the very first season. So we've got season one, episode nine called Blair Waldorf Must Pie, season two, episode 11, titled The Magnificent Archibalds. And then we have the one that you've seen all over TikTok and Instagram, which is season three, episode 11, The Treasure of Serena Madre. You get to pick which of these episodes is the right one for you. 
that best encompasses your personality type and the kind of drama you personally would like to witness on such a holiday. Season one's episode is made for the traditionalist, someone who is respectful of history and wants like a single clean story that's unimpacted by anything else going on in the show. This episode um, takes place in present day, but also flashes back repeatedly to the Thanksgiving a year before to kind of show how different everybody's lives are and like how they've progressed or how like events from the year past have impacted today, quote, end quote. Um, For me, the highlights are the fact that they used Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado to let us know that the year prior was 2006, because I do think that even though that was fairly early on, if you were to ask me like what song sticks out the most from that year, that's truly the number one answer. There's also a great love triangle in this episode between Rufus, Lily, and Rufus's wife, Allison, because when you revisit Gossip Girl as an adult, you realize the Rufus Lily story is actually like way more scintillating than any of the high schooler stories. And then at the end, you get like a sweet, wholesome montage of the like core three families. Well, three of the core families, I should say, which is like the Waldorfs, the Vanderwoodsons, and the Humphreys. And it's set to like Nolita Fairy Tale by Vanessa Carlton. And you're just getting like all the warm and fuzzies at the very end. Um, and they all are like setting their traditions. So we like get this tradition of like Blair always makes a pie and the Vanderwoodsons eat French fries. How quirky. And the Humphreys make things at home. Cause you know, at the time Brooklyn was for poor people and it's not for poor people guys. That's just like what they wanted us to think. Um, but before one, two with that episode, there's an entire disordered eating storyline. So if you have a history of that or are sensitive to that, it may not be what you'd want to watch on a holiday, especially when that revolves around eating. Season two's episode is for more understated. I'm here for a few laughs with inconsequential moments. Um, We have a storyline of like Serena's lying to her new boyfriend about being a party girl. Blair is adjusting to a blended family holiday. And Jenny is trying to emancipate herself from her father. So just like typical holiday events for the Upper East Side in Brooklyn. At this point, Lily is married to Bart Bass, so there's like no her and Rufus in this episode, which is a point down. But then in a point up, we have Wallace Shawn as Blair's stuffed father to be. And since I know y'all are not going to know who Wallace Shawn is, he's Mr. Hall from Clueless, most important film of my lifetime. And Blair is always a star at Thanksgiving because since it's her favorite holiday, she's always on edge as it's happening. So she, they give her a lot of zingers and one-liners in this episode. And then finally, season three's episode is if you're here for high soap camp and basically 40 minutes of Serena being roasted. Even if you're a Blake Lively stan or a huge fan of Serena's fashion or the love interest, we know that her dim-witted narcissism is truly grading by about a third of the way into season two. So by this season, we know we've had enough of her. Um, high points include young Aaron Tveit, who's like this hot Broadway guy who played Nate's cousin Trip in this show. And of course, the other high point is the infamous What You Say by Jason Derulo montage at Thanksgiving, where everyone's like slinging insults at each other. Unfortunate parts is that Trip plays a young politician that Serena is, quote, volunteering for, aka about to start an affair with. And at 18 years old, she thinks, one, he's leaving his wife for her, and two, that it'd be great for a man to flippantly leave his wife for an 18-year-old. Fortunately, 
every single other character knows that that's garbage and reads her for to filth for it. Serena also thinks she's like keeping it under wraps, but Blair knows, of course, and reads her. Chuck sees them hooking up in the elevator from his hotel footage and reads them. And when her mom finds out, she reads her and also sends her out of the house. And I also love the show more sometimes when Blair and Serena are at odds because there's a lot more tension and like silly lines with them. And of course, the entire cast is hurling insults at each other at that dinner table. But the one that packs the most punch is when Eric tells Jenny that her sweet potatoes are bland. There's nothing like coming for someone's signature dish to really twist the knife, as it were. Also, there's a points up, points down situation with Nate because points up that he's declaring his love for Serena, but then she chooses Trip. And also, the declaration of love is set to the only exception by Paramore, which I completely thought came out way later than 2009. And points down for him drinking like scotch or bourbon neat at 18 or 19 years old. Like, let a child be a child and drink a four loco out of a paper bag. But again, I know it's the upper side. They're elevated. So after that long dedication to Gossip Girl, I'm sure you're shocked that there's still four more episodes I found better than this. Pick up your jaw and let's go to number four. Scream Queens, season one, episode nine called Thanksgiving. The writers really think about the titles. Scream Queens, for those of you who aren't aware, is a criminally underrated show. It's a Ryan Murphy's show. It only aired two seasons on Fox from 2015 to 2016. We do not acknowledge season two. It's not good. But it's basically a slasher comedy. And the first season centers on this serial killer that's killing... um, girls that are like part of this sorority or have any relationship to people in this sorority. And to start, you'll enjoy the episode alone because of the cast. So it has a lot of people that you already have known that were like very cemented early on. And then they also have actors that kind of got like, this was probably one of their first big roles. So you've got obviously the iconic Jamie Lee Curtis who plays their faculty sponsor. You've got millennial betches like Emma Roberts, Billy Lord, Abigail Breslin, Leah Michelle, and Kiki Palmer, who all play sorority sisters. Again, Leah Michelle, infamous illiterate internet villain, and Kiki Palmer, infamous internet hero of I don't know what that, who that man is fame. We've also got Glenn Powell, who we've all drooled over in Top Gun Maverick. Um, this was the first role I saw him in, and he's hilarious in this. And in this episode, all these sisters are just attempting to celebrate the holiday with their families, but they eventually end up back at their sorority house to celebrate together. And they're also still trying to find out who the serial killer is that's known as the Red Devil Killer. It's a good standalone episode because they give you a lot of context to that main story, so you don't really need to know anything prior. So you have a bit of a murder mystery that's a twist on the typical Thanksgiving episode. And it's a dark comedy, so we get a lot of rightful mockery of ungrateful privileged people which clearly is a theme for both myself in this episode and american television writers everywhere and we have several hilarious reminders of like those final before times pre a president trump america and pandemic america because this was 2015 so there was a lot to laugh at then um lots of like using the word hashtag out loud and paleo diets and as a bonus 
Emma Roberts' character, Chanel, is visiting her boyfriend, Chad's family, a.k.a. Glenn Powell, in the Hamptons. And his creepy supremacist family casting is actually just the most iconic. So you get guests from Alan Thicke, Julia Duffy, Chad Michael Murray, and Patrick Schwarzenegger. So that deserves several, several awards. And also, one more time, an unhinged Leah Michelle. Stream this now. Coming in at a strong third place is Gilmore Girls Season 3, Episode 9, known as A Deep Fried Korean Thanksgiving. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, 10 minutes ago, you just shat on this television series. Okay, I'm still a fan of this television series. I'm just a critical fan looking at it through a critical lens. And Season 3 of Gilmore Girls falls in my Season 3 overall theory for television programming and that it's really, really good. This is a Jess Mariona stan account. I will not be accepting any submissions about Logan as number one lover at this time. The premise of this episode is that Lorelai and Rory have to make it through four Thanksgivings in one day. And I once had to make it to four Thanksgivings in a week with only two of them on the actual day of, but one of them was a Wong family Thanksgiving. For those of you who don't know my friends, a Wong family event is basically like a Las Vegas buffet taking place in your kitchen. It's extraordinary. It's delicious. It is the best, but you also have to train for it for weeks and find somewhere soft to lay down and recover afterward. Anyways, Lorelai and Rory have to go to the Kim's family Thanksgiving, Suki's, Luke's, and of course their parents slash grandparents, the Gilmore's to celebrate. This one is a good holiday episode to me because it can exist on its own which I think is really important when you're just kind of throwing out all these episodes. It also does a good job of giving us a peek into all of those supporting characters, little worlds, but just briefly. And you get even more good cameos from other actors. Plus, I'm actually kind of shocked that there's not more Thanksgiving episodes in Gilmore Girls because basically their way of life revolves around binge eating and watching. But somehow we only have two. The episode opens with them watching the Grey Gardens documentary, which made me also wonder what they likely would have watched in reality TV in today's world. And I'm sure it was addressed in the reboot that shall not be discussed because I watched it once under peer pressure and was so scarred I never revisited. But I feel like Lorelai would definitely dabble in Bravo, but more in like the lane of Vanderpump rules because Real Housewives would be like too elevated and too much of a commitment in her mind. And I definitely see her as like a selling sunset or love is blind fan as well. I also showed my age by gasping when I saw a sign behind Lorelai advertising 89 cent canned tomatoes and pondering what my future looks like in this land of delayed student loan repayment and inflation. Some low points in the episode. Rory was in it. So that's an overall low point, but uh, especially Rory not wanting to flaunt her relationship with Jess because the whole town was used to her with Dean. It's like level up girl. Jess is much harder and much smarter, which is why you ditched Dishwater Dean in the first place. So let's act like you're happy about it, sweetie. And then some high points, we get cameos from John Aniston, recently deceased father of Jennifer, RIP, and a pre the OC Adam Brody. And of course, anyone who's a Gilmore Girls fan, We knew a long time ago how funny Melissa McCarthy was long before Bridesmaids. So big shout out to her drunk on margaritas on her like front lawn, witnessing her husband and his family deep fry all her 
gourmet food. I don't sense that margaritas pair well with turkey, but I do support her drinking them as a dessert. Now we are down to our final two episodes. Drum roll for number two. I'm here alone, so obviously me saying drum roll was the drum roll. So number two and the first runner-up in the Mount Rose Teen Princess Pageant with a $75 scholarship to the vocational school of their choice is... New Girl, Season 1, Episode 6. With what title might you guess? Thanksgiving. Groundbreaking choice. This was by far the best New Girl Thanksgiving episode because it's the first time that we get the friend group to like solidify themselves and bond and kind of build a tradition for each other. In a flight of fancy, Jess decides that she's going to make the guys celebrate Thanksgiving in a traditional way because she impulsively invites her like teacher crush Paul to join them, who's played by very sweet Justin Long. And I feel like we don't really give Justin Long many roses, but he's a solid B minus kind of leading man in the sense that like he's the type of leading man that's like more realistic for us to aspire to. This episode I like because I was legit laughing out loud. It has a lot of signature girl, like signature new girl tropes with like Schmidt being douchey and like that tension building up between Nick and Jess and um, not to bury the lead, but they also have a dead body involved, which is not a trope of new girl. That's just like another reason why I ranked this highly. Um, And it also just is very relatable to those of us, like, especially if you're listening in a friend of mine, you know, we're in our early thirties now, mid thirties. And we're the ones that are now transitioning to hosting holidays and doing certain like grown-up traditions for the first time. So like just that experience of not really knowing what we're doing is very relatable. And then finally, Schmidt educates us on the most sexy holidays, which apparently are 4th of July, Women's History Month, and Christmas, which feels creepy. But that was 2011, so maybe this has changed. All right, so what was my favorite Thanksgiving episode in this time that I dedicated to you all for which you should be both grateful and thankful? I'll let you think about what makes those two words different. I personally didn't see this coming. I did a strategic just watch show by show. I made little scores for myself based on whatever rubric I wrote in my beautiful brain. But shockingly, I didn't see this coming. My favorite Thanksgiving episode was from the OC. It's season one, episode 11. And it's not called Thanksgiving. It's called The Homecoming. First things first, some things you need to know about this show in the year 2003 is that before we had prestige television, streaming television, and fucking 55 minutes to like an hour, five long episodes, we really need to scale it back on that, you guys. Standard TV dramas were about 43 minutes an episode and 22 episodes a season. But the OC was so popular, the network extended it to 27 episodes for the first season. And so much shit happens in those 27 hours of television. I literally forgot how quickly the show moved until I was watching this episode. Also, the impact, because if it wasn't for the OC, we would not have Laguna Beach. And if we didn't have Laguna Beach, we wouldn't have the hills. And if we didn't have the hills... Yes, we would have been saved from Spencer and Heidi, but what else would we have done? 
And we wouldn't have had the Real Housewives of Orange County because that was only like one of the earliest Bravo reality shows after Project Runway and Top Chef. And that led to the disaster of that whole channel taking over my life, which we can view as either a blessing or a curse. But as we step away from my existential crisis, this television episode is Ryan Atwood's Ben McKenzie, you know, the main character's first Thanksgiving while living with the Cohen family in Newport Beach. And you can tell he's feeling like a little bit uncomfortable because he has this family drama in his hometown. So he has to go sort that out and then kind of like remember what his life was like before he like settled into, you know, this more affluent lifestyle with the Cohen family. So to lighten it up, they gave us also the, you know, comic storyline of Kirsten um, trying to give him like a traditional Thanksgiving, but she has zero cooking skills and it's like a menace to the family's chances for foodborne illness. For the first 20 years of my life, I also assumed absolutely that I was going to be a Kirsten Cohen and that I was going to be like career woman first, zero abilities in the kitchen. But somewhere in between living alone and like surviving the pandemic, it triggered all of this like Puerto Rican abuelita genes in my body. And it was like a lot like when the spider bit Peter Parker and I've never been the same since. Okay. So how much happened in those 11 episodes you're asking? No, you're not, but I'm telling you. Um, Julie Cooper Nickel, iconic, iconic television mother, iconic villain turned not villain. She, I like remember that she and Jimmy like had split up because they like were unhappy with one another. But I did not remember that she had already split up with him, slept with her daughter's boyfriend, and then begun dating her friend's father. It moves quickly in the OC. We've also got like, we're near the peak of the Seth Anna summer love triangle, which is like one of the final great love triangles of teen television, because it really peaks at like Christmas time. So we're right before that. And he's invited Anna over like officially for Thanksgiving. But then of course we have summer show up because she's supposed to hang out with Marissa, but Marissa went to go help Ryan in his hometown. So she just like walks on over next door and we get like an extra love triangle because Ryan brings Marissa with him. And then he has to introduce her to his ex-girlfriend, Teresa. And Teresa's very territorial for a girl who he left with no warning. And then aside from all of the OC drama, we also get many of the classic holiday tropes. So we get, like we said, the bad cook um, that's trying to set up the dinner for everybody. There's moments where they try to set up random singles with meaning but idiotic friends. We get football fan rivalries. We get references to like the holidays, problematic origins and genocide. We get guests arguing about politics. So it's very reminiscent of what you would expect a family Thanksgiving to look like. And lastly, I love this episode because it really gives you a refreshing snapshot of like early 2000s. You know, all the emo indie music that the OC was really known for. Kirsten has those wild chunky highlights a la Kelly Clarkson. And then we get all of the best fashion moments. You get like kitten heel mules and quirky blouses with like phrases. And I don't know what you call that when they put little things on them. It's not an epaulette. It's like a, an embellishment. Then you get like the chunky striped blouses. We loved a chunky stripe and streak in 2003. And then oddly, I don't know if this is from the era, but like that Gilmore Girls episode, we have Kirsten go from drinking wine to margaritas as well. So 
I don't know if that was common in the culture then, what that was about, but just, just a note, just a note. Also, apparently um, in this era, we really liked putting Alexi Murdoch songs into Thanksgiving episodes because this one has Orange Sky, which is like one of my favorite songs. And then Gossip Girl season four episode, which we did not discuss. It was neither good enough to be in the best nor bad enough to be in the worst, had one of his songs called uh, Towards the Sun as well. But yeah, even though the OC is more known for their Christmaka episodes because they really introduced the concept of like the interfaith holiday. So, so avant-garde. Um, this one to me was actually like a standout because you get all of the soapy escapist shenanigans, but you also still have that central focus of like trying to get to Thanksgiving dinner at the end of the day, like all the shit you have to deal with in your life and in your house to get to dinner. Also, as an added fun note, the person who created the OC also created Gossip Girl. And so it's not a massive stretch that both Seth Cohen and Blair Waldorf are like the central characters for each show are Thanksgiving stands. And there's no relationship to that. But this is also a reminder that Seth Cohen and Blair Waldorf are married IRL. You're welcome. Well, I feel like I just vomited all of those words at you guys, but I hope you enjoyed gorging yourself on this gluttonous review of Thanksgiving content. I hope this informs some choices for you to visit either tomorrow on the Sabbath day or in the background Friday when you're holiday shopping and eating leftovers. Please let me know if you watch an episode that you'd never seen before and enjoyed or didn't enjoy. I can take criticism. No, I can't. Yes, I can. I love to fight. Okay. So you can stream Gilmore Girls, Friday Night Lights, and New Girl on Netflix, Brothers and Sisters, and Scream Queens on Hulu, and Gossip Girl and the OC on HBO Max. I have zero affiliation with those people because I literally just do this for fun. Of course, to celebrate what should be the meaning of this holiday, I just want to say I'm thankful to those of you who are listening from wherever you are, whether you're my friends, acquaintances, I've never met you before, and supporting this kind of passion hobby of mine. It's a really fun outlet. I love spending quality time with my friends talking about these episodes or just writing out these manic thoughts and pouring them to you guys alone in my apartment <laughs> um, and just talking about stuff that we all enjoy. Um, next week, I'm going to hit you guys with a hilarious first for the show, but I will not reveal what that is. Um, it is a very funny episode. And then all of December, I will be giving you guys some holiday episodes, and I think those will be worth your while. So have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Eat all of your favorite dishes, including mine. Including mine. Wow. I really, I was so strong, you guys. And then that happened. This is why I have to write out outlines, because it never works off the cuff for me. Never in my life has improvisation worked. Um. So yeah, eat lots of yummy food. Love you guys. Bye. Oh, and obviously share with your friends, families, and that third cousin who's the senior vice president at Spotify. Thank you.